1: And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at, and conventional wisdom is often just an illusion. We're live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on your favorite directories. And you can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. Or you can shoot me an email at right jimdaws at gmail.com. That's spelled D A W S. Or call the van line and get something off your chest at 772 245 0750. That's 772 245 0750. You know, you hear every four years that this is the most important election in the nation's history. (laughs) You know, and most of that is uh, overheated, over-exaggerated hyperbole, but um, I really do believe that this upcoming election really is uh, an election that is going to determine whether or not this country survives as originally intended uh, and doesn't sink into a a dystopian nation of... similar to what you see in the third world. And it's because it's not, it's not because of the government, although they have precipitated the crisis, it's because of the American people. The American people are no longer constituted as they were when the founders laid out the constitution uh, that provided for freedom, coupled with responsibility for free enterprise with uh, prohibitions of uh, against um, uh, predatory trade practices and monopolies, and what we've got now is uh, about half of the population uh, no longer values freedom over security, no longer understands basic economics, no longer is proud of its uh, history and traditions no longer is responsible for protecting the legacy that they were given. And uh, for the other half, who, who does understand these things, and they are becoming few, uh, fewer and fewer as a result of demographics. Uh, this is a very upsetting time to live. Now, when Donald Trump was elected... I told a lot of my friends who uh, didn't believe me that uh, the the majority of this country was still hungry for a return to an economy based on the needs of the American people, Uh, a turn uh, away from these activist judges that were undermining and subverting our Constitution at every turn. And I told them that Donald Trump was going to win this election because uh, the hunger uh, had had built so much. But I also told him after Trump was elected that this is going to be a very uh, unsettled time because the globalists that have taken charge of our economic and government systems were not going to go quietly into this good night. And we learned right after Trump got into office that they did everything they could to prevent his Uh, candidacy and his presidency and have uh, stifled uh, a big portion of his America first agenda. And we are seeing right now the establishment, the globalists that run our country. And, And when you see these media hit pieces, both the news media and these publishing houses, you got to keep in mind these are no longer American companies; they're owned by big globalist concerns, multinationals, who were doing quite well under the old regime, where Democrats and Republicans swapped off leadership in, um, you know, the White House and the Congress periodically, both of them mouthing platitudes for different cultural issues. Dividing the electorate into approximately 50-50. And then when they get in there, they uh, they keep rolling with this um, disintegration of America. Selling it out to global interests. And, uh, and just really destroying the economic survival of America's middle class. And if you make people desperate enough, if you... Continue to add to the people who can't rely on themselves and have to turn to government for their false and hollow promises. Then eventually you will get what we're seeing in the streets. And of course, this uh, this latest uh, hit piece out by Bob Woodward is uh, just another in a long line of books that they have got lined up to try to prevent Trump's re-election. Last week, it was the Atlantic hit piece that um, cited anonymous sources that said that Donald Trump called American troops killed in World War II losers. And this week, Bob Woodward's out with a book that claims that Donald Trump knew that the coronavirus was going to be awful and hid it from everybody and didn't take any action to prevent it. Completely at odds with reality. I think the American, they're counting on the American people's attention span growing so short that they don't remember that it was the Democrats that were urging the president not to take action. When he was uh, closing down international travel, ramping up uh, our domestic production of PPE and, and uh, preventative drugs, deploying the U.S. military to stand up. Hospitals, dispatching ships, holding press briefings every day with the coronavirus task force that he appointed his vice president to head. And and Biden and Pelosi and Schumer and uh, Como are hoping you forget all about what really happened in the last several months and buy into their bogus narrative. And, uh, oh, I forgot the Cohen book. (laughs) That thing landed like a dead cat. Nobody's interested in anything that slimeball has to say. But this week it's going to be Bob Woodward's book, and he's going to have a big interview on 60 Minutes, and they're really going to hump this thing as hard as they can. He writes books about presidents. He slobbers, salivates all over the Democrats and does his best to, uh, destroy Republicans. And he, he, he's got a little bit of a track record in destroying Republican presidents, of course. But Trump is, uh, is trying to decouple of, uh, from China, China with uh, 1.7 billion people, huge untapped market that they will never allow American manufacturers to access and a huge supply of cheap labor, which is, uh, is serving the interests of the The bankers on Wall Street, just fine. They love it. They don't care that it's destroying the manufacturing sector in this country. That is absolutely critical to providing middle-class jobs so people can be self-sufficient, raise a family, put a roof over their head, food on the table, send their kids to college, and maybe take a vacation every now and then. They don't care about that. They've got more yachts to buy, more homes in the south of France to purchase, more people to impress with the zeros behind their net worth that they could never spend in a hundred lifetimes. This, what you're seeing now is developing as a, a an epic battle. Of globalism versus nationalism. Now, Trump, to his great credit, has converted large parts of the Republican Party into an economic nationalist party. But it's only about half, and the re- the other half is all on board with uh, with defeating Trump and getting back to the gravy train. They don't give a damn if they're in the majority. They were doing quite well as it was, as long as they were willing to sell their vote. China is not our friend. China means to uh, usurp us. I'm convinced that China purposely deployed this virus right before the election so that the Democrats could weaponize it and use it to bring this country down. I don't know for a fact that it was purposely engineered, but I do know for a fact that China allowed travel from the, uh, Wuhan to the United States to the tune of hundreds of thousands after they knew that this virus was transmissible human to human, while at the same time they shut down travel from Wuhan to other parts of China. And they want you to be mad at Donald Trump because he shut down travel from China, because he's uh, he's taken steps to restore our domestic pharmaceutical manufacturing capacity. These barons on Wall Street. They cannot have enough zeros behind their net worth. And the inequity and the destruction of the middle class of the United States be damned. We have the reserve currency supply. And as long as they can get the Fed to keep pumping money and giving it to them at zero interest, well, that's just dandy. And the, the elected class in Wall Street, of course, they're not suffering at all. What do you figure the odds are? That uh, four of our leading politicians all had sons or daughters, I guess it was all sons, that worked for Ukrainian energy companies. They engineered a so-called, the State Department engineered a so-called color revolution in Ukraine and overturned the duly elected government of Ukraine, installed a client state and went about putting all of their uh, their princelings on the payroll. Joe Biden, John Kerry, Nancy Pelosi, Mitt Romney, all had sons sitting on the board of Ukrainian energy companies collecting millions of dollars for no-show jobs. You want to know why they freaked out when Donald Trump started looking into the corruption that was going on in Ukraine and and. And uh, mobilized to impeach him. That's why. And you wonder how gullible the American people have become. The Democrats and their mouthpieces in the media want you to ignore your lying eyes and your lying ears with the uh, revolution, the Marxist revolution that they have created in the streets. They want you to ignore that China sent this virus to us. They want you to ignore that the Democrats, governors in New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, Michigan, Illinois, Massachusetts, sent old infected elderly patients into nursing homes, I believe, to gin up these numbers about 40% 40% of the, uh, the coronavirus deaths are attributed to that. That doesn't make me happy to say it, but it's the truth. Here is a, a sample of the kind of statements that Donald Trump made that mobilized all of the moneyed and establishment class in Washington and New York and L.A., To defeat this man.
2: When there is a level playing field, and I've been saying this for a long time, American workers will always, always, always win. But we don't have a level playing field. Very shortly you will have a level playing field again.
1: Well, not if Wall Street and the their bought and paid for politicians in Washington have anything to say about it.
2: Because when American workers win, America, as a country, wins. Big League wins. That's my message here today. America is going to start winning again, winning like never, ever before. We're not going to let our country be taken advantage of anymore in any way, shape, or form. We love America, and we are going to protect America. We love our workers, and we are going to protect our workers. We are going to fight for our jobs. We are going to fight for our families, and we are going to fight to get more jobs and better-paying jobs for the loyal citizens of our country.
1: Better-paying jobs? Oh, man. The multinational companies don't want to hear that. That cuts into their profit margins. And it's just unbelievable that the ruling class in this country have basically aligned themselves with communist China and their bid to take America down. i got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back.
2: This episode is sponsored by Schwanz.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.
1: Well, from the uh, audio clips and the uh, the excerpts that uh, I've been able to look and listen to from Bob Woodward's book, this is pure revisionist history. It's ignoring the fact that Donald Trump was the first person that took action on this, the first person that sounded the alarm. While the media and the Democrats were telling everybody, don't panic, this is uh, just another flu, Donald Trump was limiting travel, putting together a coronavirus task force, appointing the vice president of the United States to lead it, taking as much action as as he could. He, he got Uh, an emergency authorization for expenditures from Congress. That same Congress that was busy all during the month of June, trying to impeach the president for bogus Ukraine charges. And Bob Woodward wants you to believe that um, this is some revelation when Trump told him that he didn't want to create a panic. It wasn't. Donald Trump had said that uh, publicly more than once. Here's the excerpt, the recorded uh, excerpt from the book that the Democrats and the media are trying to uh, to whip into a scandal.
2: Now it's turning out it's not just old people, Bob, but just today and and yesterday. Some startling facts came out it's not just old old yeah exactly young people to plenty of young people so well, did,
1: we have learned since then that uh, young people were not affected that was uh, bad information that the president had but this is uh, coming up as the the part that uh, they're trying to whip into a scandal
2: what is going it, on in, give me
3: an, a, a moment of talking to somebody going through this with fauci or somebody who kind of uh, it caused a pivot in your mind, because it's clear just from what's in on the public record that you went through a pivot on this to, oh, my God, the gravity is uh, almost inexplicable and unexplainable.
1: Inexplicable and unexplainable, says Bob Woodward, the uh, the great scribe. <laughs> what's the difference between inexplicable and unexplainable?
2: Well, I think Bob really, to be honest with you. Sure, I want you to. I be. wanted to. Uh, I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down. Yes, yeah, sir. Because I don't want to create a panic. Now it's turning out it's not just.
1: So he tells Bob Woodward that he he played it down. Probably not the best choice of words. Probably should have said I wanted to uh, keep people calm because I didn't want to create a panic. That's exactly. That is exactly what you would want the president to do in that situation. The last thing you wanted to do was stoke a run on the, the grocery stores, put people in a panicked fear of their lives, wreck the economy, while at the same time the president was trying to, uh, to prepare for what the um, his his staff was telling him was was coming, and he was doing that. He was doing exactly that. Here is an example of Donald Trump having said the same thing before.
2: Let's give it a shot, sir. Uh,
1: what do you say to Americans who are upset with you General over Constance. the
2: way you downplayed this crisis over the last couple of months?
3: Uh, we have it very much under control in this country. The coronavirus is very much under control in the USA. It's going to disappear. It's like a miracle. It will disappear. Uh, at March
1: 4th, uh, we have a very small number of people in this country infected. March 10th. March 4th, we had 12 people infected. That is, <laughs> out of 330 million people, I think that is a small number. We're prepared. We're doing a great job with it. It will go away. Just stay calm. It will go away. It will go away. What? And it is going away. Do you well, say to Americans will who believe away, that you got
2: this wrong? And I do want them to stay calm. And we are doing a great job. If you look at those individual statements, they're all true. Stay calm. Uh, it will go away. You know, it, you know it is going away. And it will go away. And we're going to have a great victory and it's people like you and CNN that say things like that that uh, it's why people just don't want to listen to CNN anymore you could ask a normal question the statements I made are I want to keep the country calm I don't want panic in the country I could cause panic much better than even you I could do much I would make you look like a minor league player but you know what I don't want to do that I want to have our country be calm and strong and fight and win and it will go away
1: you know you know this is the president's job, is not to excite panic. What what was the uh, Churchill quote? Uh, Keep calm and carry on. And uh, as I said, the the Democrats immediately launched into their effort to try to weaponize this. They uh, they told Trump that the testing was the critical aspect, and of course, the testing was was uh, jacked up to uh, to report what we're being uh, told now is as many as 90% of people who had such minor viral loads that they were not um, ill or not contagious. There's a lot of talk about why in the hell does Donald Trump keep sitting down with these hostile reporters and giving interviews? I think it's a terrible idea. I heard... Dana Perino yesterday saying that it's, uh, it's sort of uh, like a hostage situation. You can, you can cooperate with them and, and hope to get good treatment or you can, uh, you can let them write whatever they want to. And, uh, and, and they will, uh, you know, be hard on you, but in the case of Trump, they're going to be hard on him anyway. And they're going to use any little snippet of conversation to, to try to, uh, to make it that much harder. This whole Woodward book, what's it called? A rage is just, or at least this portion of it it is just warmed over bullshit, warmed over bullshit. Never in my life have I seen a more wall to wall mobilization of federal agencies in response to any sort of pandemic. And we have had pandemics in my lifetime that were worse than this. So we'll look at the the Democrats' statements when they say that Trump was was downplaying it. We'll take a look at uh, Joe Biden's big trip to Michigan yesterday where he only stuck his foot in his mouth about four or five times. And uh, Trump's statement on the Supreme Court candidates that he added to. Ryan Colfage of We Build the Wall has been arrested by a strike force from the U.S. Postal Service inspectors. Right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 radio network. Stick with us. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five-O Radio Network, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So Joe Biden went to Macomb County, Michigan yesterday you're not familiar with Macomb County, uh, that is the home of the, the famous Reagan Democrats that delivered Michigan to Ronald Reagan and won him uh, the election the first time. It was an overwhelming landslide the next time uh, he ran. And it was also, uh, you know, uh, went for Donald Trump in 2016. As goes Macomb, so goes Michigan. Donald Trump was in uh, Saginaw on the same day, <laughs> much, much different events. You won't see any contrast in the events because Donald Trump, you know, had, um, you know, a big crowd. But the very idea, I actually, I, I think Trump's in Saginaw today. I'm, I'm getting uh, Winston-Salem confused. I think Trump's going to Saginaw today if he was smart he would uh, he would also uh do a a drive uh over to macomb and uh and do some sort of uh spontaneous appearance i don't think the secret service would be very happy with that though but the very idea that joe biden would show his face in macomb county or any part of michigan after his history of on trade that has absolutely devastated the economy in Michigan and in Macomb County is unbelievable. But he only allows about five people into his events, so he didn't actually have to face the voters. He he was free to take the podium and lie his ass off. The same guy that supported NAFTA, that started the ball rolling on America's buy-in to selling out its workers in exchange for a a low-wage globalist workforce the same guy that um, championed china's admission into the world trade organization as a so-called emerging economy that didn't have to play by the same rules that we do giving them yet another advantage same guy that voted for uh, wars where uh, the sons and daughters of Michigan were sent off to die for no discernible national interest whatsoever. They, he wanted to. He was all on board with the Trans-Pacific Partnership that would have put the uh, the the final nail in the coffin of America's auto industry. This guy showed up in Michigan, arguing for their votes and he came armed with a bunch of these uh, these typical washington solutions he's going to pay to retrain workers he's going to give tax incentives of 10% if people bring their jobs back and a punishment of 10% if they take their jobs overseas that's nothing to these corporations doesn't come it's not a drop in the bucket to match the the wage differential profits to be made what you've got to do is protect your industries, and you do it through tariffs, the Hamiltonian economic model. But uh, uh, once again, Joe, Joe Joe had a tough time reading off his teleprompter. Here is uh, an example of that.
2: And what makes his wild claims and hopes, he now hopes we don't notice what he said or won't remember. And when he does follow through, or doesn't do when follow through, the exact opposite. But what? And what makes his wild claims and hopes? He now hopes we don't notice what he said, or won't remember. And when he does follow through, or doesn't do when follow through, the exact opposite.
1: <laughs> You know, they always have the uh, the interpreters standing up there, the uh, for the hearing impaired, uh, gestating wildly. But we ought to have a, a, a some sort of scroll along the bottom of the screen, or some uh, some translator up there that speaks Biden. But um, to their great credit, one of the the local news media were, were able to get through the the uh, iron wall that they usually have built around Joe Biden and ask him about his his support of nafta and the price of democrats have been paying for that the rallying
2: cry from the trump campaign has been that nafta was a failure and they point squarely at you uh, for uh, for having been supportive of nafta uh, what do you say to them and what do you say to the people who- now,
1: i just have to stop and say if you could see the video of this joe biden preparing for this question his eyes are wide, he looks disoriented, he looks like somebody who is unsure of himself and, uh, and knows that he is uh, just about to, you know, be called on his history. He does not look like a confident or strong person that's in any way prepared for the job of presidency.
2: Point squarely at you uh, for uh, for having been supportive of NAFTA. Uh, what do you say to them, and what do you say to the people who believe that? What, what, what I say to that is number one: uh, the Bush administration did not keep his commitment on NAFTA. Number one, and it was a mistake. Number one.
1: This is uh, in keeping with Joe Biden's uh, tried and true political tactics. Whenever he gets called for one of his votes, he always says, "Well." It was right, it just wasn't implemented properly. He did that with uh, the war in Iraq. He was a big champion of the war in Iraq. And then uh, after it went south, he tried to disown it by saying, well, it, it was all Bush's fault for the way he implemented the war. And uh, he, he's he's done that on trade deals. He did it on the crime bill. It's uh, It's... A tried and true um, technique that he likes to use. Steve Cortez was on Newsmax and uh, tried to put, actually he was on Fox with Martha, and tried to put Trump's history on trade into perspective, or I should say Biden's history on trade into perspective. The race is, is tightening in Michigan, as it is in most battleground states. But I have to say the the
3: gall of Joe Biden to go to the industrial heartland, to the state of Michigan, and promise that he's going to return jobs back from China, that is like an arsonist who burned down a village, returning to that town and promising the citizens of the town that he wants to be the fire marshal to protect them. Joe Biden spent a half century in the Washington swamp, exporting American jobs all over the world, particularly. To to China. It is the one, if we, if we can call it that, is the one accomplishment of his half century in the Beltway, is terrible trade deals, particularly NAFTA and China's inclusion in the WTO, which led, by the way, for the state of Michigan, to the loss of a staggering 92,000 manufacturing jobs in that state alone.
1: Well, you know, they'd often talk about these manufacturing jobs and you think, well, 92,000 doesn't sound like that big a number. What they don't tell you is the the multiplier effect that manufacturing jobs have for every manufacturing job that's created you got about three other jobs in support that are created manufacturing is an absolutely prerequisite to a healthy economy now we've got a big agricultural sec- uh, sector but it, it doesn't create jobs it's not a value-added sector of the economy it does give us great leverage with China, who has a very difficult time feeding itself. But they had uh, targeted America's uh, farmers in response to Trump's tariffs. And Trump had to step in and give some of that tariff money to the farmers in order to keep them whole and, uh, and keep that sector alive. At one point yesterday, uh, Biden claimed that 6,000 military members had died of COVID-19. The actual number is seven. So (laughs) you don't know whether to count that up to typical Joe Biden lying or, you know, just not having a grasp of the facts. (laughs) Remember when he, uh, one of those debates claimed that 120 people, 120 million people had died of gun violence, 150. He said 150 million people had died of gun violence. This last June, he uh, he claimed that 120 million people had died of the coronavirus. At that time, the number was more like 120,000. So, anything else we need to say about Joe Biden's visit to Michigan? You know, in this uh, this book frenzied season. There is one book out that's uh, from Joe Biden's former stenographer. And uh, he's saying that the Joe Biden that you see on the trail today is is not the Joe Biden that he recognizes.
3: Six years, my next guest, Mike McCormick, was at Joe Biden's side as his stenographer, transcribing the former VP.
1: Let me see if I can skip ahead on this. An
3: author of Joe Biden unauthorized all right mike what troubles you about where biden is now versus where he was just four years ago In that clip that we played from 2017 i believe uh he does seem just to the you know the casual observer quite a bit different Hi Laura, thanks for having me on. Yeah, and and the title of my book is Joe Biden Unauthorized and the 2020 Crack Up of the Democratic Party. And I'll get to that second part of the title later.
1: Let me just stop and say I don't I don't uh approve or support these people who had uh you know jobs going out and writing these tell all books. That's that's a, a betrayal of their confidences. But uh, that ship has sailed long ago of course in the age of trump that is a major uh, uh profit center for former government employees i expect a book from vindeman ne- any day now but um and and another thing these book companies are paying these people more than i think that their books are generating so there's some sort of uh something going on there where Somebody is financing these people to do these tell-all books, not for profits, but for other purposes. Back to this clip.
3: Um, Joe Biden is a different guy than he was. He doesn't have the same vitality. I listened to every word Joe Biden spoke. I worked as a a stenographer in the White House for 15 years. I started in the Bush administration in 2002. I worked uh, for the Obama administration, and then I worked one year for President Trump so i'm not a political appointee i, I have sort of a, a cross the board perspective and because of that i'm i'm kind of like a neutral observer and that's why i wrote the book is because i saw and understood as joe biden was running for president ever, there was a lot of things i saw that america needs to know What I didn't know when I was writing the book was how far he'd slipped until I'd seen how he's become this year. His performance in the debates was pretty low quality. And when I saw him do his speech at the the, uh, Democratic National Convention, that wasn't the Joe Biden I knew. That guy was reading from a teleprompter almost. Mm -hmm. it, It was verbatim. And he's never done that. It was a 25-minute speech. He's 25-minute speech would just get him warmed up in the in the past when I worked All there. All
1: right, I, want- I know Joe Biden a little bit. I've uh, I've sat around the dinner table with him. I've uh, I've been in um, you know receptions with him. He is when I uh, was uh, an officer in the firefighters union. Uh, the firefighters are his number one benefactor. And this guy that you see there. I can, I can tell you barrels bears little resemblance to the old Joe Biden, (laughs) but, but at the same time, the old Joe Biden always said stupid shit too. always, he had a a unique talent for saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. It was kind of what he was known for. And I think that's why Barack Obama picked him to be the vice president because he knew that uh, he wasn't going to be, uh, you know, any, any challenge, uh, to his succession, a succession plan is absolutely critical. If you don't have a succession plan in place, uh, then you are not doing your job. Nancy Pelosi is now trying to undermine Brexit. If you think that uh, the Democrats aren't absolutely committed to globalism, uh, you'll see that Nancy Pelosi is the highest-ranking Democrat in this nation, is using her office to try to stifle – the United Kingdom uh, reclaiming its independence from the EU. And she's threatening the British Parliament that if they don't um, keep the Irish, uh, the Ireland, Northern Ireland border open, that she will block any sort of trade deal Now, keeping that border open, if you're not familiar with it, will absolutely make um, a a Brexit impossible because there will be no way to enforce a a, a trade zone, its own trade zone, because Ireland will remain in the EU. Here is Nancy Pelosi speaking – I think this one – yeah, she's speaking directly to parliament –
2: I've said it before and I'll say it again, we must ensure that nothing happens in the Brexit discussions that imperils the Good Friday Accord, including but not limited to the seamless border between the
1: Irish Republic and Northern Ireland. She doesn't want customs checks of goods and services flowing across that border. And of course, that will make it impossible to have an economic zone.
2: ...discussions that imperils the Good Friday Accord, including, but not limited to, the seamless border between the Irish Republic and Northern Ireland.
1: She's actually speaking in the, uh, the Irish Parliament.
2: Let me be clear. If the Brexit deal undermines the Good Friday Accords, there would be no chance of a U.S.-U.K.
1: trade agreement. Now, Nancy Pelosi is the, the leader, I mean, the Speaker of the House of Representatives. How can she go before a parliament and say that there will be no chance of a trade deal? She's basically saying that her her, her uh, members will do what they're told. She's, she's uh, collecting to herself all of the votes of the Democrat Party and saying there will be no chance of a trade deal. Well, I certainly hope that after November 3rd, well, I guess January 20th, Nancy Pelosi will no longer be the Speaker of the House and uh, won't be able to enforce those kind of edicts. we got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back.
3: I've been working at Santa's workshop for a long time and thought I'd seen it all. That was until I learned that when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can save hundreds on your wireless bill.
0: When you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can get a powerful Internet experience and nationwide coverage on the most reliable network. Choose the data option that's right for you. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Based on Root Metrics by IHS Markets Root Score reports 2H2020 of 4 Mobile Networks.
1: Well, uh, the president yesterday added 20 names to his existing 20 names of candidates that he would appoint to the Supreme Court to fill any vacancies, not saying who that might be, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And he included on that list of the additional 20 names, Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas, Missouri, Senator Josh Hawley, and Texas Senator Ted Cruz. Now... (laughs) I I'd love to have any of those guys on the Supreme court, but I would not like to have them out of the Senate, especially cotton and Holly Cruz has got a, a, a keen legal mind, but they keep telling us that, uh, Texas is in play because of all of the immigration and the, uh, the, the migration of people out of California into Texas. And, um, you know an incumbent has a much easier time uh being reelected and uh, i i wouldn't want to lose any of those three out of the US Senate uh and i can't believe that the president didn't learn his lesson from taking jeff sessions out of the senate and putting him uh at the doj and i just wonder you know all three of those names are potential presidential candidates in 2024 if donald trump isn't uh, engaging in some sort of politics to try to clear the p- field for Mike Pence, try to sideline them or get some sort of a, uh, commitment out of them not to not to run in twenty twenty four. Mike, my, my uh, favorite candidate out of those three would be Josh Hawley. He is uh, a true articulate uh, successor to the America First movement. I think he would be much more effective than even Donald Trump. For his part, Joe Biden hasn't released any names. He's not he's not letting on who he might consider as an appointment to the Supreme Court. And I I think we all know why that list exists. It's probably being circulated among the Bernie and Elizabeth Warren wing of the party. And it will be a far left activist judge who will uh who will politicize the court in order to uh, advance their Marxist agenda. The Southern District of New York, the, uh, the uh, Department of Justice office there that some people call the Sovereign District of New York because they, uh, they like to reach out across the country and take whatever cases benefits Democrats politically, dispatched 15 armed United States Postal Service inspectors who drove from New York to Jacksonville, Florida to arrest Brian Colfage very reminiscent of uh, the the Department of Justice tactics when they, uh, they went after Roger Stone, except maybe even worse. Brian Colfoges is a triple, triple amputee in a wheelchair. He's accused of uh, accepting $350,000 from his, we build the wall fund. Now, you know, if, If he, in fact, was uh, engaged in financial misconduct, he's going to have to pay the price. You don't need to spend 15 armed agents down there. They could have called up uh, Brian Kolfage's lawyer and and said, I want you to turn yourself in. And Brian Kolfage would have most certainly done so. These agents barged in. They, uh, They went into his children's room and tossed it. And uh, it's sort of reminiscent of the the way the heavy handed way they they treated Michael Flynn. These people show no respect whatsoever for people who have proven their worth to our country. I saw a a photograph on social media. I think it was, um, yeah, it was Twitter. Uh, a, a protest in Rochester, New York, where uh, a A mentally deranged, naked man, stoned on PCP, was taken into custody by police, and they put a spit hood over his head, and these protesters were sitting out, and they claimed this spit hood asphyxiated him, which is impossible. So these protesters were all sitting naked in the street in front of the police department with spit hoods over their head. And every one of them appeared to be breathing just fine to me. I don't know what they were trying to prove, but even amnesty international acknowledges that spit hoods are not a danger to, uh, taking a suspect into custody. They protect the arresting officers of course, from spit and from, from the patient biting them. And there is Body camera video of this arrest. The guy is out in the street, naked, um, and they put a spit hood over his head because he's screaming at them and spitting, and they need to uh, manhandle him in order to move him in the car, and they don't want to be bitten by this deranged idiot. An autopsy found that he had lethal dose of PCP in his system and was probably had a heart attack from excited delirium. But that didn't stop, of course, the riots in Rochester. Now, what, what would they have these police officers do? Are they not allowed to arrest a deranged suspect? Are they not allowed to protect themselves from infectious disease? Here's a clip from the uh, police union president in Rochester. When I looked at the training, when I looked at the reading material, and we watched the video,
3: it is exactly the way they've been trained. I,
2: I've been cautioned not to say <laughs> too much, but I have to say that because I saw that and I reviewed that. I, I, ask, I ask you to do that because it needs to be
1: independent. It needs to... The question should go to the people who design that and who train our people. I'm not an expert in that. Well, uh, the people that design that and authorized a spithood were just engaging in best practices for police departments. This thing doesn't asphyxiate anybody. The police didn't engage in any sort of misconduct that the black lives matter rioters are tearing up the city of Rochester. Of course, you know that the police chief and all of his command staff has have resigned in protest of the way that their department is being treated. This whole Black Lives Matter movement is manufactured BS. There were a total of about three unarmed suspects. No, it's six. Six unarmed suspects killed by police last year. And four of those were trying to take the police officer's weapon one of them was trying to run the police officer over, and another one, the police officer, was prosecuted. Out of the hundreds of thousands of police throughout this country, that is a an, an amazing um, high percentage, or I should say low percentage, of police misconduct. There was another uh, video out of New York yesterday of a hate crime where it came out of a mall um, where uh, these hordes of black people were attacking a white man and his wife, beating him unconscious. That is a hate crime you'll never see on the evening news. That doesn't fit the narrative. Let Jesse Smollett tell the most fantastical unbelievable story and it will make the evening news but you can have and this uh, this hate crime is not an isolated incident you can go on social media and see that this is going on throughout the country <sighs> an aclu operative has uh, has written a letter to transylvania university not the one in romania but the one in um kentucky urging them to deny admission to nick sandman because this guy says that uh, nick sandman doesn't uh, res- or, or he's anti-intellectual he doesn't appreciate the new regime in american colleges what is this guy's name Uh, Samuel Crankshaw. Samuel Crankshaw of the ACLU is trying to sabotage Nick Salmon's college education. Well, Mr. Crankshaw, I think you can probably be expecting a call from uh, Lynn Wood anytime now. This is uh, another slur that he is engaged in. A defamation of character. And it will not go unanswered. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dollins. I want to thank you for joining us. I hope you'll come back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo Five Zero Radio Network. When the weather outside is frightful,
0: the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit amazon.com slash hyundai, or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
3: Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand
2: with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit DeltaFaucet.com slash Voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.